spoken me. I went to sleep that night without knowing that it would be the last night I ever spent in that bed at my parents' house in London. Meredith, my mum shook me awake. The room was dark, making it obvious it wasn't morning yet, but not time to get up for school anyway. Mum, I mumbled in my half-asleep state. It's time to go. Everything I told you about those stories is true. It's time for you to leave us so you can train to be a protector. Your dad and I, we've done everything we possibly can to prepare you. First Charge is the first book in the Destiny Initiative series by Amanda The book can be purchased in paperback from Amazon. The e-book can also be purchased on Kindle, Kobo, Apple Books and many others. Spoken Thank you today for tuning in to Spoken Label. Spoken Label was originally set up at the beginning of 2016 and as of recording has over 200 sessions in our archive. Although the podcast can be heard on Anchor, iTunes, Apple, Spotify, YouTube and literally 10 or 11 other networks, the full archive can be found at Spoken Label, all one word, spokenlabel.bandcamp.com. On Bandcamp, it is set as pay what you want. So you are entitled, if you wish, you can download it or stream it for nothing. But if you're going to throw me a couple of pennies my way, it is always eternally grateful to help me maintain the operating costs and future running costs for this podcast. Enjoy. Spoken Label. Hi guys, at the end, Spoken Label, back in the house on a Friday night, actually, and a late one as well. So, well, I have a lady on the line with me today, and this is open to my friend, Dre Zayer. And he's personally recommended this young lady to me. And I like recommendations. We've just been chatting before and she's had a fascinating life. And that goes beyond writing. But we'll see. We'll let her tell her what we're going to touch on. Red, would you like to introduce yourself? Tell everybody who you are. And look about where you, well, where you are, where you, where you live. And look about where you're writing, where you came from. We'll start from there. Absolutely. Um, hi, everybody. It's really nice to be on your podcast, Andy. Thank you for having me. And Drezira, thank you so much for, for putting me forward for this lovely opportunity. Um, so um, my name is Red Medusa and um, I'm a poet. I come from southeast London. I was born and bred um, and I am uh, an academic um, an activist, I advocate for the health needs specifically of women and uh, specifically of black women in particular. Um, and I have been writing poetry since I was nine years old. And wow. um, yeah, right. And um, the reason for that is, um, is because when I was younger, I didn't speak very much. I didn't have much to say. Um, I spent a lot of time with my head buried in books. I had issues with um, communicating with my peers and the world was a very strange place to me. So I expressed myself through writing um, and poetry has always been something that has come very, very naturally to me. So I've been, I've, I mean, I've never stopped writing. Um, I'd say in 2015, I, I went away to study my undergraduate and postgraduate degrees in, in health. Um, and then I came back, um, I would say, yeah, in, in 2019, uh, started writing again a lot more. And then in 2020, 
a lot of my writing kind of exploded into this how can I put it? it it just took a life it took on a life of its own um because of what was happening um against the backdrop of covid we had the black lives matters marches um back up again running I mean they never really stopped but they were back in the public spotlight and amongst that um there were reports coming out about the maternal health of black women, you know, black women being five times more likely to die in childbirth um, than our white counterparts and stuff. Wow. And, wow. Right? I, had heard, I had heard that stuff. Didn't... Yeah, yes. it's, it's, it's never, it's, it's tech, right? It is, and obviously as a black woman, as a mother of two myself, and having had the traumatic experience with my first child, um, I know too well what that could look like and what that does look like. Um, so, um, you know, with everything that was happening with Trump and, you know, you know, 2020 was just a hot mess. Let's just, let's just be real. But um, it, it's I think I'd, I'd get the word hot and just call it a mess. Ooh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> it was just, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it a lot of poetry and, um, and I wrote some poetry that caught the eye of um, a, a very well-known fashion designer um, by the name of uh, uh, Yusuf Zada. I was going to ask you about that one actually next. That was my first question today. Then, but obviously, oh. tell us about that then, because sure. I was reading your website before and I thought, oh, well, that's what I want to ask you about. Tell us a story about that then. What? How did this happen then? Oh, okay. So, um, a can a, a friend, a musician friend of mine, unbeknownst to me, someone who I haven't spoken to or seen in many, many, many years. I mean, since my son was one, and he's eight now, almost nine. Um had put my name forward to um, the management of a fashion designer called Osman Yusuf Zada. Um, now, Osman Yusuf Zada has made clothes for Beyonce, for um, Lady Gaga. He's, he's prolific, um, award-winning um, fashion designer, women's fashion designer. Anyhow, he was about to launch his uh, collection, his Here to Stay collection for September of last year for Fashion Week. And his management contacted me and said look someone has put has recommended you that you, you know we know that you're a poet and um they would like you to submit a piece for this collection and um you know I said sure you know why not is it paid yes I'm I'm completely up for it anyhow before I'd even had the opportunity to write the piece um, I was contacted again and they essentially said to me, look, forget submissions, forget it. We want you. Um, oh, would wow. you be up for writing a collaborative piece with the, the designer? He's already written something, but he wants you to add your, your flavor to it. He wants you to make it something else and morph it with your own kind of energy. So I said, well, sure. Um, send it to me. Now, not many people know this story. I'm going to I'm going to tell you. You're getting spoken label exclusive, exclusive. Exclusive. I've never <laughs> shared this part of the story, right? I'm going to share it with you, Andy, and and your and your people. So, he he um I I agree with with how much we're going to be paid and and so on and so forth. He sends me the or his assistant sends me the poem. I get the poem. I've got a week to write it, but I'm a mum with a full time job trying to submit for a PhD you can imagine how much stuff I've got going on and we're dealing Head with and time yeah no. <laughs> and I'm coordinating a food bank from for my workspace office right oh god so all of this is going on and my son's still going to school because they hadn't turned they hadn't you know shut the schools just yet anyhow it's been a week 
they've contacted me and they've said, Have, how's it going with the poem? Andy, I had not written a word, not <laughs> one word. I hadn't even looked at the poem yet. And I had it in my inbox. So when they contacted me, I was on a lunch break from work. And after my lunch break, I was going to go up the road and pick my son up from school. So I said, you know what? I, I spoke to them. I said, yeah, I've done it. I've written the poem. I'm just <laughs> tuning it up. <laughs> I'm just doing these little things, you know, just bear with me. I'll have it sent to you in the next half an hour, right? This is my lunch break before I go and pick my son up from school. So I've gone to the Costas. I sat in the Costas. I had my laptop with me because that my, the nature of my work required that I had my laptop with me. Opened the laptop, read the poem. I was like, okay, got in the zone. And somehow this poem turned into that poem and I'd written something absolutely spectacular, sent it to his management and they were like, it's awesome. When can you record it? I was like, I can record it tonight. <laughs> so I did. And, you know, like this is on my lunch break. Right. So <laughs> sent it off, gone and picked up my son, brought him home, put the children to bed, et cetera, et cetera, recorded it, sent it back. They put it on top of the um, the, the, the film because it, it was the narrative for a film that showcased the collection. And then the next thing you know, my name is in Vogue magazine, international <laughs> and national. Forbes magazine alongside you know this amazing fashion designer who I might add is a, a brilliant brilliant person with a brilliant heart um Osman is a wonderful creative and you know essentially his piece was named here well our piece was named here to stay and you know the clothes were essentially and the collection and the poem were essentially about reclaiming beauty that has been appropriated by you know European western western fashion um, and those those kind of aspects of beauty and fashion were never actually credited to the the cultures and and the indigenous people from where they came. So um, that's what that project was about. And it just and it just the next thing you know, I'm thrown back into the spotlight, and I'm doing this this set over here and that set over there. And that's where I met Drezera in I think a set I may have done that was airing in California. <laughs> I've mm. done so many. Um, <laughs> But yeah, and this is, this is, this is, this, and here I am. And, um, you know, I'm no stranger to the spotlight. Um, I, I have a, an extensive modeling career that was very successful. Um, but I did not expect that poem that I wrote in, in 20 minutes on my lunch break in a hurry that I got paid a decent amount of money for. Thumbs up. Just, you, you know? Boom, you know, <laughs> I give thanks. That's all, that's, that's, and that's the story. That is the story. Yeah, and no one has ever heard this story. It's, it's never been recorded, story. but here it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's an incredible story. Obviously, like you said before, obviously we're not going to go too much in the modern past, because it's the past. But when you were doing that then, and you saw it coming on top of the collection, did it make you look at modeling in a different way? Did it? Must have, it must have made you I, look you back at what? things. You know what? It was... It was interesting. I mean, I'm happy to talk about my past um, briefly. Um, I, I modelled for 13 years. I was a catwalk model. I'd done London Fashion Week. I, I, you know, I've done a lot of stuff. I trained models and I had planned um, in 2000 and for 2011, I had planned to go and study law. And as we know, in 2010, the, the Lib Dem Conservative Parliament decided to triple the, the, the tuition fees by by like by three times so it went from three to nine grand right 
So I went to the protests and um, I was essentially harassed by a police officer and in defending myself was arrested for assault. And um, when I was arrested for assault, because I had such a, uh, a decent and prolific modeling career, the Daily Mail got hold of the story and essentially they, they trashed my entire modeling career and I had to go back to basics. I mean, I had to go into hiding because I had um, people threatening my life and, and the life of my unborn child. Um, so my... It's typical Daily Mail that is. And I, I don't get involved in politics in this, but it doesn't surprise me now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, Daily Mail readers, um, you can't expect too much, right? But you can't expect that kind of behavior. So, um, so yeah, um, to kind of come full circle, to have been kind of booted out of the, the fashion industry, to then come full circle again as somebody that now is featuring in this amazing, <laughs> this amazing video, um, which talks about the injustices that women face and indigenous people face at the hands of the West. You know, you just couldn't make it up, could you? No, it was like a big middle fingers up <laughs> to the fashion industry. Cause I was like, you know, and it was ironic that it was called Here to Stay. The poem was called Here to Stay. So the fact that they had tried to get me out and I still found a way back in. And not only did I find a way back in, but it was hugely successful. It was just like the biggest win ever you know the yeah. biggest win ever you know it's fantastic i've seen i've seen the video on your website and i'm going to put the link with it later on because it's well worth people seeing definitely so now i said but obviously yeah. now obviously it was here to talk about what, you, what what you're going on next really aren't you so i know it's looking at your actual website so you are writing quite a bit aren't you since then so yeah, yeah. now where do you see your writing going next to the only sort of aims or anything what you want to weigh what you want to do next um well i mean ideally of course as a writer i would love to have a, a collection uh, an anthology of some kind um i would like my poetry to feature in in academic writings and actually i had my first ever reference yesterday i think it was in an academic paper more so, exclusives more right? exclusive. <laughs> i know i got I, you know and this is i mean it's only one but for me it, it means so much because um academia is is important to me i am i am hoping to start a phd in september focused on the um, maternal health outcomes of black women in the uk and finding ways to improve that um but my poetry is is my activism and so for it to kind of, I would like for it to propel me in a direction that will allow me to do really important work with regards to research, um, but also, you know, to, to be seen as a form of valid academic writing in itself. I think that, um, you know, in academia, it's very kind of linear thinking. There's not much room for creativity. Creative material is often called grey material in that it's not considered the, the best type of material to reference. Um, and I would like to see a change in that because there is that there, there are valid experiences in creative writing. Um, a lot of my writing is inspired by my own experiences and or the experiences of people that I know. Um, and I think it should be considered 
as um, valuable and you know an asset to bodies of knowledge so if my if my work could kind of make it into those realms there I would be incredibly happy um, I would love to continue performing I would love to get onto bigger stages I would love to win slams you know I entered my first slam I think it was last week and came fifth which was absolutely diabolical <laughs> Um, <laughs> but, I, I can't um, do slums. I panic. I have panic attacks. <laughs> oh, I, lo- I love it. I love. I love the comp- I love the competition of that particular. Um, that particular realm. But you know, ultimately, it's about collaborating. So if I if I could give you my dream scenario, it probably would be to write a joint piece with Angela Davis. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. If I could do that, then. I feel, I feel like I've made it. Well, if anyone, anyone knows Andrew Davis, get in touch. Please, please do. <laughs> yeah, she, you, is, um, she is an inspiration. You would do it for nothing as well, wouldn't you? As well, so. Of course. <laughs> Listen, absolutely. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even question it, you know? Like, I would pay to do it. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. If I could kind of, if I could do that and collaborate with some real movers and shakers... Um, that would that would be awesome that would be awesome the other thing that I want to do is I would like to I, I'm working on learning the harp I've been learning the harp for maybe five years now oh wow um, I'm still really rubbish at it actually because children just don't allow you the space and time you need to really focus in on it but the you know long term and I'm thinking maybe in within the next two years I would like to start marrying my poetry with my heart because that was always the intention. I was going so, to ask you that, that, that next and straight away because I know somebody that used to do that as well, actually. So right, I'll, right. And I'll send you some details of it. You can hear an album of hers. She was brilliant. Scottish lady. So oh. she, she plays harp. I've seen her play harp twice now. We're doing a reciting poetry over the top of it. And it's, yeah. it's, it's such, you can, and your style is different to hers. So it'd, sure. be, it'd be fascinating to see what you did with that. Definitely so. Yeah, oh, that would be the dream. Yeah. <laughs> the only trouble with obviously we're doing gigs and stuff like that is then looking the harp up and down stage, you know, because it's such heavy instruments. It is. I mean, I've got a 29 string um Celtic harp here. And so I would take her with me everywhere. Um she's not that heavy. She's a bit beaten up because children. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. um I would happily take her along with me. And I mean, at the same time, you know, COVID is, is kind of not allowing for those kind of situations to happen right now. So I've got some time to refine, you know, my my technique and, and learn learn her a bit more. But um, you know, that I I I've got this vision of being on a on a pitch black stage with nothing but a spotlight, and it's just me and my harp and my poetry, and and that's it. You know, oh, good um, luck! Good luck there, definitely. So, now, what made you what, what made you want to go into playing harp in the first place? That's quite. So you don't come across. I don't come across people into saying, "Oh, I'm playing the harp at the moment." You're the second person I know that plays it. Right? Yeah, <laughs> and I know a lot of people. <laughs> oh yeah, I know it's very it's very unusual um, to to find someone that that plays plays the harp. Um, it was always an instrument. It's an instrument that I've. The day that I heard a song called um, The Boy Is Mine when I was a teenager. Oh, yeah, I know that one. And Brandy, wasn't it? Brandy and Monica. Yeah, Brandy, Monica and the yeah. introduction oh. to that is... Dun, 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 oh, is that the harp? The harp, right? I've heard that song for years. It's, it's just... Oh, and I heard that 
that the first time I heard that I got goosebumps and I was like I need to know this instrument I felt like I already knew it you know and so I was like one day I'm gonna have a harp and then when I graduated from my um, degree, my public health and health promotion, I, I'd always said, if I get my first class honours degree, I'm going to buy a harp. And I graduated with a first oh. class honours. So I bought my harp and that was in 2018. Oh, so, that's um, right. <laughs> right. So, um, but yeah, from that, from I heard that first, that introduction on that song, it was game over. I was always going to get a harp and I was always going to learn how to play it. Oh, fantastic. No, it's a critical idea. I always, I always yeah. believe as well, like as artists, so tell me what you think of this one. You've got to keep pushing yourself in different directions anyway. And yeah, I, I think I also believe well, the best things come naturally as well. Like Absolutely. It's, as artists, so you keep branching different directions. Interesting projects come to you naturally, I think, most of the time. I agree. I find, I mean, even with my poetry, um, I don't take long to write poems. Most of my poems I've sat down and I've written in half an hour, 45 minutes. And some of them are pretty lengthy and it's not, you know, I think that when you are naturally, um, when it's something you naturally have a passion for, it's not something you have to force. You know, you don't have to force yourself to write. You don't have to force yourself to find words because they just come to you and they seamlessly weave themselves together to, to create something just beautiful. And then you read it back and you're like, oh, holy shit, I wrote that. <laughs> wow. You know. <laughs> oh, I'm not, I wish I was, I wish I was that quick. I'm not. In my case, yeah. yeah, well, I used to, I've got a poem put on the bottom of the NHS I've been asked to write. And I've got about, nice. I've done about half of it in about a week. I've just took the time that I need to think about the memory side of it. So I've got the first mm. part down. Is then how I change the gear and it's, it's going to take a bit longer. So need to, sometimes yeah. in case of mapping it out, trying to work out the right direction for it. But I'm, it's the way my brain thinks. <laughs> I'm just awkward. I know. I mean, everyone has their own yeah. process. I mean, I finished, I wrote a poem yesterday um called um oh what's it called oh bollocks it is called <laughs> that's a good that's a good name for a poem that oh bollocks. it would be a really good poem oh bollocks it's called um kint sugi kint sugi in purple um that's, that's kint sugi is the art of it's the japanese art of fixing broken vase and, and ceramics with gold so you would use the gold as a glue to re to reconfigure those broken vases and stuff, and it became an art form and a really valued type of um, you know um, repair work. You know. Yeah, I've so, heard um, I've heard of something similar because I've got a friend of mine who used to write and at one point he used to make um, make ceramics into little chess chess boards. Oh, I love that. So he's mentioned, he's mentioned that to me. As, yeah, I do, I do what you're talking about straight away there. Right? So, <laughs> but I, I started this poem on the night of January the 13th and finished it yesterday. But the only reason, no, finished it today. But the only reason why it was finished today is because I went over it and then went over it again, which is something I don't normally do. But I wanted this poem to be so perfect that, I kept, I just kept refining it and refining it. And sometimes it's just about putting the bare bones down and then adding and taking away until you're happy with what you're left with. You know? Yeah, yeah, that's the way I tend to write normally. I, mm. I tend to I tend to mess around a lot of bits and pieces and it's just, I think it's sort of one of my brain things, definitely. Brilliant. Yeah. Okay, yeah. well, that's pretty well my questions today, Red. So awesome. if people want to find out more about you, where do you recommend they go? Well, you can find my work on uh, poetry by Red Medusa 
www.squarespace.com so that's my website um you can also find me on facebook red medusa and on instagram red.medusa um those are my my main outlets that's where you can find me you can also email me um poetry by red medusa at gmail.com you've so, also got you've also got a page on youtube as well oh one, yes youtube so, um, yeah, yeah well done oh look at that <laughs> I'm, yes. I'm looking at it that's why <laughs> Yeah. So you can find me on YouTube as well under the name Red Medusa, I think. Is that correct? You're looking know. at that? Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm not clicking on the page. So all people are people's down. So I think it's right anyway. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, thank you for that reminder. Um, I spend so much time writing that I, I can be slightly neglectful of my YouTube. But, um, but yes, I, you can hear four of my pieces on YouTube. I will be putting some more bits up on there as as the month progresses um while I've still got time and before I have to go back to work so um yeah that's that's where you can find my stuff brilliant well on that point then we'll conclude here so I know you're going to do a few pieces for us next so I hang am. around believe me when I say this with Dre Zayer doing recommendations she is good and that's all I've got to say there so thank, <laughs> thank you, you so thank much. you again Red so hang around everybody I'll see you in a minute take care Spoke Hi guys. Okie dokie, straight off to red. Go for it, go for it, my friend. This one is the one we've been speaking about before, um, and it's called Here to Stay. Look at me. Get used to my face, my thick and slender frames, my weird and wild ways. Observe the many ways I display my femininity. Get used to what you see. Listen to what I have to say, because whether, whether you like it and whether you do not, I am here to stay. My bindis, locks and traditional frocks mean more than a fashion statement, more than appropriated symbols of identity. They are more than part-time adornments of the privileged. They survived because I did. As you have a history of theft, taking from us, putting us on ships, shackling our hearts and minds, enslaving us for profit, except I am free. It makes me smile to see that in your ignorance, in the wearing of my culture, my heritage, my colors and symbols, my gifts and my curses, you are celebrating me. So copy, reinvent, try to obliterate who I am. But the truth is, and will always be, that I am here to stay. I have survived your famine and now fill my belly with love. I have survived your wars and replaced them with my peace. I have survived your poverty and I'm rich in spirit. I have survived your technologies and transformed your weapons from the gun into the sword, into the pen with which I write these words, with which I will change the world. Because I was taught that you were better than me, that God is white, that God is male, that this God was chosen to rule over us except I was born of a woman. I grew in the womb, was nurtured by breasts, and it was she that took my first breath. See, I am more than Kipling's white man's burden. I am more than the sum of my ancestors' labors. I am my language. I am my struggle. I am the glory of my heritage. Despite the crimes of colonialism, capitalism, and its father neoliberalism, I am still the perfume of Arabia. I am still the silk of the silk root. I am still the comfort of cotton. I am the coal black that lines the eyes of the beautiful. I am the strength in the tin pox you mock. 
I am the pride of your Britain because I built this place. And now you protect your statues, your histories, yet these are my histories of how I got here and here I will remain. Occupying spaces you said I had no right to be in. I will fight despite your insults. I will be that thug and looter you claim I am and you will insist that I get back, get back to where you once belonged. But I am here to stay. I am here to stay. See my face, remember my name, because I have and always will be here to stay. Tremendous. I can't believe you wrote that in half an hour. It's really seen me lots of words there, lots of words there. Oh, I'm telling you, even, even I sometimes look at them and my poems and I'm just like, wow, child. <laughs> Yeah, but that that one was that one was the one that that seemed to have taken the fashion world by storm, and I hope it continues to do so. Sounds um, good to me. That is it's incredible piece, and as, as I said, it's it's a perfect example of when you said before the interview. Yeah, good pieces they they take a life of their own or language of their own. They do, they do, and they conjure up images and spirits and ghosts and everything that one would like to see and feel from a poem, which kind of brings me to my next poem. And, um, and I've called this one Medusa's apotrope. Um, an apotrope is a warning. It's a, it's a word that describes a warning. And um, it goes like this. I've got to protect myself, which means I've got to keep me safe from anyone or anything that compromises my peace from anyone or anything that tries to make me choose between me and myself, because I cannot be split apart and leave parts of me discarded, disregarding my black, but not my woman, or my woman, but not my black. I've got to keep this black woman safe from those who seek to do her harm and speak of strength in reference to the shit that she endures. Those who tell her about the chip on her shoulder the same who attempt to chip away at her confidence, her worth, her place in the world, yet can barely sit in the splendor of her presence. I protect her from the sharpness of their words and the bluntness of their fists. I shield her from the cutting fake smiles and the strong controlling grip. And I do this to keep her alive because out there the world wants her dead. Pedophiles prey on her, predators target her, Police abuse her, science exploits her, and if a man does not, childbirth will kill her. I know what I am up against, so do not try to soften me or minimize the trials I face, and do not try to champion my oppressors by calling me strong, even if it's true, because almost everything I do, I do to survive. I've had to fight my way to where I am today, and I bear the scars of battles fought on me, over me, around me, and inside of me. Those who cut parts of me away and keep those pieces as trophies, who curate and collect artworks painted with my blood, they have left their mark on me for the last time. When they come for me again, I will be ready. I will sever heads and hands, I will turn mortals into stone, and the screams, cries and moans of those women burnt, drowned and raped will colour the air red, becoming the backdrop of a vengeful slaughter. Mothers, women, aunts and daughters will awaken from their slumber to be adorned in armor forged by hands that deliver children into this world, now ready to take lives out of it. We will bare our breasts, 
calling down spirits and chanting to drumbeat, swaying our hips and lifting our feet, singing and shaking, burning and breaking, looting and shooting until we are heard and the ground shake and swell then open up to swallow and reclaiming justice back into the hell from which, from which it came. And when its blood has finished staining the earth and its poison no longer rots away at the hearts of the good, we will throw down our swords and put out our torches. We will wrap our hair up and wear our regal dress, our thirst for equality and balance addressed. And I will finally rest not needing to protect my black or my woman, instead reveling in the everything I am, celebrated, imitated, and everything beautiful in between, reclaiming my pace in the cosmos as queen. And that is Medusa's apotrope. So uh fantastic again that one. <laughs> it, no, it's it's what got the the voice the two voices have got yeah, those pieces are quite different, but it's very you. So yeah. did that did the, did you write that piece in about half an hour? Yeah. <laughs> I did <laughs> I did, I did. And I mean I have to write them when I feel them or the magic just disappears and the visuals disappear. And and essentially what I do with my writing is I, I marry what I feel with the very limited availability of words in the language that I speak. So, you know, I'm, I'm very deliberate with the words that I choose. Um, I find language to be very, very limiting because feeling is such an extensive, an extensive, it has such an extensive spectrum. So it's really hard to confine those feelings into words. And so I try and paint pictures and imagery with the words that, that I have available. Um, and um, with that said, I'd like to end on one more piece, if that's okay. And, um, and this piece is dedicated to every, every woman, every woman with an X, trans women, black women, deaf women, white women, short women, tall women, fat women, thin women, hoes, slaws, huts, everything, all of you. This poem is for you and it's called These Hands. I have opened my eyes to find myself face down in the dirt many times, unable to summon the strength to pick myself up. Not even the gods could have raised me from the dead. In fact, they have left me there to rot. There have been times when my mouth could not open, sound could not escape, and my cries for help were silent screams echoing in the darkness, and my body had married the mud it lay in and waited to be digested and absorbed back into the womb of the earth. But right before I had submitted to the calls of my angels and the joy of my demons, hands held my wrists, waist, neck, back and feet, lifting me out of the grave I had dug for myself and propelling me into the warmth of a midday sun. And that warmth warmed those hands, which wiped my eyes, clearing my vision so I could see my path ahead. They placed me in healing waters, removing life's heavy debris with salt and flame, making my spirit balanced and whole again. They stood me in the four winds to remind me that to feel was to live. And once I was dry and breathing again, naked and reborn, these hands draped me in white cloth, clothing me with the wisdom of sages, adorning my ears with gems, mined in the minds within the minds of the ancients who had come and gone before, I was being put together again, made whole and fed with knowledge. 
These hands placed swords in my palms and taught me to fight against the world that sought to leave me in that mud. They gave back my voice by speaking life into my soul. They fixed my crown, weaving gold thread into my locks, reminding me of my connection to the divine and to every hand who had reached out and placed their hands in mine. Those hands who had saved my life over and over and over again were the hands of sisters, daughters, aunts and cousins, maidens, mothers and crones. They were the hands of artists and warriors, survivors and diviners, magicians, musicians, healers and dealers. They are witches and queens, femmes and bitches, queers and whores, white and black, whole and cracked, strangers, neighbors and friends. They are the daughters of the earth. They were the hands of women. Tremendous. Now, people, what people wouldn't know is we have a little, little guest here, don't we, in the moment as well? We do. We, my youngest has found herself out of her bed and is now sucking her thumb and resting her big head on my shoulders. <laughs> well, what we're going to do, guys and girls, we'll let Red go and try and get a little girl back to bed now. Well, thank you again today, Red. It's been brilliant. I've really, really enjoyed today. So, it's been an honour. It's been an honour. I look forward to the next time. Oh, definitely. Well, the good thing is when I make friends are writers like yourself. I have them back yeah. on again and again and again. So, <laughs> so <laughs> I look forward to it. I look forward to it. Me it's too been as well. Hopefully in the future, I might get your little girl writing poetry as well. So oh, most so. definitely. Most definitely. She's <laughs> going to be formidable. <laughs> like a mum then, really. So definitely. <laughs> now, <laughs> hang around, Red. I need a quick word off mic, of course, while we're trying to get you laid back to bed. But of thank you again, my friend. It's been a pleasure today. Really enjoyed it. So Thank you. This ambient, as saying, as Don Callis says from Impact Wrestling, stay sane and stay over. Good night, all. Good night. Spock, mate.